0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy,
1: the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio by a full house. We've got Evan Grant. Woo! My gosh. That was the last thing I needed this morning,
0: was you doing Ric Flair right here in the studio. That was not really a Ric Flair. That was just a woo. A Ric Flair woo would be a little bit different, but go ahead. And it would be.
1: No. David... That was, that was David Moore. Who, For the sake of comparison. With his, with his first. Contrast. Woo! Oh, my gosh. With his first stupid comment <laughs> of the day. <laughs> oh, let's hope it's the last one. Why would it be? Yeah, why would it be? Uh, yeah, would it be? Uh, all right. So this is our Rangers podcast. And uh, we had a little Rangers news yesterday. We had something called the uh, MLB Amateur Draft. Uh, and the Rangers made three picks. They had number eight. 40. Well, first,
2: are we sure the Rangers picked for the Rangers?
1: What does that mean? I'm I'm lost here.
0: Yeah, what do
2: you mean? I thought it was very uncharacteristic of how this team has gone about to drive oh. the draft. Oh, past years. Yes, David was pay. cutting
0: to the chase. Yes, he was cutting to the, to the, the chase. Because I thought he was like, going to say that I Jerry need... broke into the room and I, tried to trade down. No,
1: it was. They had the. No stinking segues. As I was saying, they had the 8, 41, and 50 picks. Uh, when was the last time they had that many that
0: high, uh, Evan? Uh, I think it would have been 2007 when they had, uh, I believe it was five in the first 52. Okay. How did that one go? How did that go? Well, they use that, that that draft. They used a lot of those guys for pieces to to their trade. playoff runs. Mm-hmm. Um, they used Michael Maine, uh, and uh, in the trade for Benji Molina, they used uh, Blake Bevan in the trade for Justin Smoke. Um, Tommy Hunter was used in the trade for Koji Uehara. Didn't that didn't go so that well, great. no. Um, but he also gave the Rangers two really solid years as a as both a middle reliever and a starter. Um, Robbie Ross gave this team uh, two good years as a reliever. And then, of course, they made the mistake of trying to move him to a starting rotation. And then there was Pedro Bourbon, who will go down notably as the last guy to wear number 29 before Adrian Beltre.
1: You know, I did not know that little trivia so fact. So there you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, so uh, when we were looking at this uh, yesterday, there were a lot of speculation, obviously, in the mock drafts about what the Rangers would do at eight. Um, and it, uh, one, uh, several of the mock drafts said Josh Young uh, of Texas Tech, the third baseman. Several said uh, Alec Manoa, the West Virginia pitcher, um, and, uh, which was interesting because one was the Big 12 player of the year, co-player of the year, one was the Big Twelve Pitcher of the Year. So
0: well, I think it's fair to say the Rangers got the Big Twelve Player of the Year. They
1: they did because they drafted cover two of them. The, yeah, yeah. They had the they cover also themselves. drafted the other uh, Co Player of the Year. That's the thing they could have you know same position. They were yes. they could have not could have just saved all the money they spent on scouting and just scouted the Big Twelve, <laughs> and they'd have been good.
0: Well, on their first two picks, I uh, listen. I, I I think the Rangers have been very good in not telegraphing their picks uh, in the first in the last few years, um, and maybe a lot of that was due to the fact that they were picking lower down, and those were those were picks where things got very weird. Um, I, I think that since the beginning of spring, there had been a number of times that that Young had been connected to the Rangers. Um, I think we saw his stock kind of fluctuate up and down a little bit during the course of the season um, because of things like projectability and size, and I think there's some difference based on who he's talked to. The Rangers feel like he's a, a very good defender, and of course they would. They drafted him. But, I, you know, I listened to Mike Lowell last night, and I talked to Dan O'Dowd, both from the MLB Network, and they both raised questions about his defense. Um, I, I think one thing that, what about his defense? Uh, Mike Lowell in particular mentioned footwork. And, and, and other, other people have said that too. And Dan O'Dowd talked a little bit about just that he doesn't, I think his his quote in our paper was he doesn't wreak athleticism. Um, he's, a big, he's a big guy. He's a ball player with kind of a, you know, his body looks a little bit stocky. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't look like, he looks like a third typic- baseman. He doesn't look like your typical, you know, top ten draft pick in in, in a mm-hmm. lot of respects. Um, I don't think the Rangers spent a lot of time on that. I, I think the Rangers spent more time this year on performance over projection, and that is that's where they deviated from from the past. Um, in the past, I, I think that that lended you know, the performance over the projection uh, led led them to take. More risky guys, and again, when you're picking lower, sometimes you do sure. pick low, riskier guys. And, risk and, rewards different when you do that, exactly. Yeah. And and the uh, the idea was let's try and hit a home run with somebody you know who's got a longer way to go, and that was that led to minor that, to high school pitchers. There's a whole lot of risk involved with high school pitchers, most notably along the Tommy John route. Um, and, and and I think this year uh, they said they emphasized the idea: this is a draft that's strong on college hitters. Um, that's the strength. Uh, I, I, I do think that, look, we were both out there last week when John Daniels acknowledged that, that third base is a weakness in the system. He downplayed the idea that the Rangers would draft to fill a need, and I don't think that's a smart way to go in general, but I do think when you take a college hitter, particularly from the Pac-12, the Big 12, the SEC, um, really the ACC as well, you're taking guys who are really accomplished hitters that, that have really the... the the experience of, of basically playing minor league baseball, and uh, those guys are safer picks. I think you know the if we want to get into baseball terminology and all the jargon that guys use, those guys have more predictable floors. They may have more predictable ceilings, but they also have predictable big league floors. And the Rangers need to get guys from this draft who will play for them in the big leagues and contribute. They have not had a guy. Uh, I mean, the only guy that their their first. In Kipfag's first 10 drafts for the club, the only guy that's performed at the big league level at all for the Rangers was Tanner Shepherds. Mm-hmm. And that did not go all that yeah, well, well save yeah, for one season. Yeah.
1: yeah, you know, this is an interesting thing to me because I think uh, Evan and I, as we, you know, we're looking at all this, um, uh, you, you could look at the West Virginia's Alec Manoa, who was considered by some either the first or second best pitching prospect in the draft. He was available to the Rangers at eight. Now, I'm sure most fans or a lot of
0: fans would say, and this is a guy I think we need to also just say the Rangers had shown legitimate interest in before when he came out of high school. They tried to sign him mm-hmm. um, and were willing to invest a middle of the of the top ten rounds, probably about fifth, fifth round, round money, three hundred forty seven uh, thousand, yeah, and
1: and he turned him down,
0: turned him down, and and nothing. He's done nothing but improve his his stock since, so. <laughs> Uh, and so, uh,
1: you know, we don't know exactly what it is the Rangers didn't like about him. We asked uh, um, Kip Fag about that, you know, last night. And he said, uh, yeah, we liked him then three years ago. Uh, basically, what he he intimated was we didn't like him with the eighth pick of the draft. Uh, and, oh. and, and you could speculate as to why that might be. You know, he's a, he's an awfully big guy. He's about 6'6", 6'7". He's
0: 6'6", 250 is what he's listed well, at. Well, he's listed
1: at 250, and everybody says he's way more than 250. He looks a lot more than 250. He looks like 280. Uh, Which
0: puts him basically in the in the same category as Lance Lynn. And Lance Lynn has a what people would term an unathletic body.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, how much does that matter in a pitcher? I don't know. He throws in the high 90s. If you got
0: Lance Lynn from a top-10 draft pick, you'd be okay.
1: I think you'd be okay, yeah. I mean, th- that's that's the gamble that the Rangers are taking here. By not taking him, uh, so you, you know he throws in the high nineties. He's got a apparently a nice slider. Uh, I, I really feel like though that there there were a lot of people who felt like obviously that you know because he lasted until eleven. I mean, people were talking on the in the draft. You know, uh, the little Dodo kid from TCU goes seven to Cincinnati. Uh, the first six picks were all position players, so that was unusual, and so. Mm-hmm. There has to be obviously other people had the same reservations about Manoa that the that the Rangers had.
0: Well, I will also say this, and you know, no, go ahead. I, I, I'm, well, I'm, well, anyway, I, I just I, think it comes down to you know the Rangers have added all these analysts this year, and yeah. and I think the analysts are pushed. Look, you've got the more predictability on high, on college hitters. They're not the only club that's 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 doing the same. Invested thing. Invested in Linux. analysts. Um, they in Chicago last year both thought that high school pitchers were undervalued going into the draft. So the Cubs and the Rangers. Both invested a lot in high school pitchers. This year, they seem to be right with conventional wisdom, which is college hitters are your most predictable, safest bets. And let's face facts: I I don't know that this is about survivability for this administration, but certainly they need to. They need to hit. They need to hit.
1: Well, so they they went for a hitter. Then that's and that's the thing for me in this pick. I mean, if if Manoa turns out to be uh, at least a Lance Lynn and Josh Young is, is, doesn't, doesn't make it to the big leagues, well, then it's going to look like a bad draft for the Rangers. But I, I think it's, it bears uh, telling that you look at drafts and what people have done. And uh, uh, if, let's, let's take the Astros, for example. From 2011 to 2015, that is when the, the Astros drafted essentially the heart of their lineup. They got Carlos Correa at 10, they got um, – No, they got no, I'm sorry. Carlos they, at one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, let me back that whole thing up. They got George Springer at 11. They got Carlos Correa at one. And they got Alex Bregman at two. Uh, they also drafted Mark Appel and, Bregman, college player. and Brady Aiken.
0: Bregman, college player. Right. Correa was a high school player. Mm, from Puerto Rico.
1: Springer. Springer was a college player as well. College Ucar. player. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. – so that's two of the three guys they drafted were college players. But here's the thing of the, those five players they drafted with those really high picks. There were three ones a two and 11. That's some really <laughs> to have five picks in a row that high. That tells you why the Rangers are so good. I mean, the Astros are so good, uh, but all the players they hit on were position players. The two, the two pitchers, they did not, they didn't even sign Brady Aiken uh, and they were and, and Mark Appel just didn't work out. So, I think it tells you something that that the Astros, who who would question their drafting strategies, right? And and when they drafted position players uh, with those high picks, and they draft not only drafted position players, uh, well, they drafted position players, and they drafted pitchers. And when they drafted pitchers, it didn't work out. So I think you you look at these things. When you have a pick that high, I think you need to you have got to hit with that. You you can't gamble with. It. You can gamble. Uh, if if their first pick had been at forty one, well then if you want to gamble there, gamble there. But when you're when you're drafting at eight, why
2: should you gamble in the top ten? No, I why I, should you? Especially I, I just don't with think this, you can. And and I normally don't like to cross pollinate here, but uh, um, I mean I, I think there's some examples here with the Cowboys. I, I think Cowboys have certainly been criticized here in their drafts, not recently. Why not? Because they have gone for major college players who fit a pro you know fit a certain prototype and it's and, and what where did they get in trouble before let's go for the athlete from a small school mm-hmm. that not as many people know about boy we love his upside yeah and, and the rangers have done the same thing and now now the different you can do that but you have to hit enough of those picks to sustain still doing it but now the Rangers have put themselves in position like you're bringing up, you know, the, the pitcher. Now this is going to be watched very – if they'd had a consistent philosophy and had always taken – and and people dismiss it like the safe pick is the bad thing. The safe pick is not a bad thing when you're drafting high. Correct. And, and it's, as long as it's part of your culture to do so and, and your philosophy. But now since the Rangers haven't done this – you're going to weigh this whole these two picks, you know, more closely than you would if they would have a different draft history. But now, if this is how they're going to proceed going forward, uh, I I just I do see some parallels with what the Cowboys have done with their drafting system in recent years, and and the Cowboys have gone from a team that were very erratic with the draft, and some would say really bad, uh, to a team that has v- been very consistent over the last six years, and. And I, I just get the sense that the Rangers are kind of making that pivot right now in, in, in their approach.
0: Well, I mean – It's too early to say with one, I understand. I, I, I think that that they're always going to have a year-by-year approach based on the talent pool that's available. Sure. Right. Uh, as you should. And that always dictates it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I do think that, that certainly the idea of, of performance over projection became much more of a, uh, of a focus this year. Uh and, and, and listen, they have done a good job in the middle rounds, you know, in rounds ten through twenty and gotten players out of there. Uh, and and they've probably done as good, if not better, than most teams. But in in, in the early rounds where they really needed a hit, they have not. Yeah. Um and, and so I think that this was important for the Rangers to get solid players. If they don't get Mike Trout, that's okay. You know, it, it's one thing if you miss out on Mike Trout. If you get an everyday player, sure. But if you get nothing, and if, if you if you if you take Matt Perk and don't sign him, right. And 15 picks later, 10 picks later, the Angels, the Cardinals take Shelby Miller, who goes on to have a, a solid big league career. And then 15 picks later, the Angels take Mike Trout. Now all of a sudden, you've brought in, and this is exactly what happened 10 years ago with the Rangers. Now all of a sudden, you've brought yourself questions and. This team needs to get contributions from homegrown players as they continue to try and and create another window of sustainable and as success. soon as
2: possible where they are. And again, your your approach isn't static. I mean, if this if this was the team from six seven years ago when they were contending every year, well, yeah. If you want to say, you know what, yeah, we need pitching. Let's go, which is what they did. Now they just continue to miss on it but it's like sure. you know okay yeah we'll wait on this this guy's going to take longer to develop but the upside is much greater if, right. if he's what he, we think he, but you know what he's not going to help us for the next two three four years anyway so let's develop
0: him unless but, but they're not I, in that position right now again I, I don't think you ever draft for need in the M, in the mlb draft specifically because um uh specifically because of the amount of time it takes to develop, but I do think that there there is opportunity here for young,
2: and and but if it's a good hitting draft across the board, and you have a need at a particular position like third base, and a third baseman is there,
0: why not? Well, and I I mean the Rangers have no long term third baseman in the organization yeah, right now. Right. You know they, they're patching it together this year with Cabrera. Yeah. Um, they are. They don't have anybody for next year. The opportunity is going to present itself for Josh Young. To potentially join this core that right now looks like it may be uh, a legitimate big league productive championship core mm-hmm. with Joey Gallo, um, Mazzara has kind of brought his performance up. Still questions about Odor. Um, I think you're always going to have big highs and lows on Odor, which is is tough to deal with. But I think that's something you're always you're always looking at. But now all of a sudden, you add another player to that mix, and if Ronald Guzman is an everyday player, and Willie Calhoun becomes an everyday player and a hitter, you're looking at a really stout lineup for for a longer period of time.
1: Yeah, I, I think the the issue here for me, um, as we were just talking to people, even going into elevators last night on the way home, was that uh, what you got to do here uh, with the eighth pick uh, or the top ten pick. Is um, you gotta you gotta increase your odds as much as possible. And what they were looking at, and this kid, uh, Josh Young, is he's a, he's an advanced hitter, one of the top three or four hitters in the draft. He is a guy who plays a, a position of need for them. He is a guy who takes his craft seriously. He's a great kid, the son of a baseball coach, uh, a guy who, when you look across the board at all the boxes, he checks all the boxes for you. And and you just don't want to take any chances with that. And I think that, it, to, for me, when you look at the difference between uh, Alec Manoa taking him or taking a Josh Young, the difference was is that I think they, they probably felt like that Manoa doesn't take it as seriously as as this kid does. Um, m- maybe there's a, there's a chance that... He is not – he certainly, if you're, if you're comparing positions and saying that this guy in another draft, Manoa would not have been the first or second best best pitcher. He'd have been the fourth or fifth best pitcher maybe in, another, in, a, in a different draft, maybe last year, maybe next year. Next year is supposed to be a better draft for pitchers. So, and then this year you want to take what is the best of the best, right, when you're drafting that high. And, you know – the, the, they may turn out to be wrong on this. The, the Rangers may turn out to look like fools, and uh, and then we'll all have to admit that we were fools too. Well, we because we kind of went along with it. But I, I I just don't I don't criticize them for this pick. I, I think that this was what they needed to do. If they were if the, their their farm system was just chock full of guys. Uh, that were ready to step in, especially at the third base. Well, then maybe that would be different, yeah. and well, that it's also, not. and yeah. that also puts you in a different position. You sure. know, as, as your draft strategy goes, maybe we can take a chance with this guy. Yeah, you know, uh, because I don't know that the ceiling on Josh Young is. People aren't saying, "Oh my gosh, this guy's an Adrian Beltre." You mm-hmm. know, they're not saying that. They're saying that they feel like this guy's going to be a, a good, productive third baseman. You know. And, and you know, there's a lot of things that go into this stuff, and I was talking to Evan about this uh, yesterday. I can remember back in the 80s uh, having a conversation with uh, Sandy Johnson, the scouting director at the time, and we were talking about Dean Palmer, who who had some really good years for the Rangers as a, as a third baseman. But one of the things I said about uh, to, to Sandy about Dean was, you know, I said it just always bothered me a little bit that Dean seemed so um, insecure. Maybe not, maybe not insecure is the, the right word, just – he certainly was not an alpha male. And and he was a guy who seemed to have a lot of doubts about his ability, even though he had a lot of ability as an end builder. Mm-hmm. And Sandy said, you know what, I, I think the same thing. He said, I, I go in a, I go on the road and I see him sitting in, a, in a, a restaurant by himself with his head down. You know, he said, and those seem like silly things to say about an athlete. You know, this are you really going to judge them? I mean, but, you know, but I, I think that, uh, that... But
2: temperament determines almost all athletes, whether they make it or not, Absolutely. because the talent is there. And some have the the mental wherewithal to withstand the rigors of a season. Uh, others don't. And, again, I, you know, I hate to keep referring back to the Cowboys, but, you know, they've gone more, they look more for, it gets to what we were talking about before, where you went with the athlete and the potential over the football player, with football character and you can say that's trite and you can say the same thing about a a baseball mentality, but are you passionate about what you do? If you are, you're going to stand in there through the rigors. You're going to take the frustration better because you're passionate about what you do. If you're uh, just an an athlete or, uh, or an artistic player, if you will, who appreciates the beauty but doesn't do all of the grunt work and and foundational work to get you to that point it can all crumble pretty easily and, and that's something that's something you think you may know but you really don't until you get around that individual every single day and see how they handle daily situations but you get a better idea on some people than others you you can tell they spend enough time with them to tell whether or not they're really passionate about what they do or they do it because they're good at it
0: well i it- I will just give you this example, and um, uh, this is in no way uh, belittling the character, the makeup of any of the high school picks the Rangers have made, Um, because as I've gotten to know some of these kids, clearly they are very much invested, but there's, there's there's more polish with some of these college kids, just because they've been a little bit more worldly, and the five-minute conference calls that we have with these kids after they draft, they're never very productive. Yeah. But the the two conference calls last night with both Young and uh, Davis Wenzel, the, the second pick, um, the third baseman from Baylor, in both those cases, the guys were much more confident about speaking to uh, – Issues that had been associated with them in terms of of playing abilities, uh, and uh, their tone was passionate about things. Uh, and I think that you know we talked to a Rangers executive last night on the way out of the building, and I mean that was his word is yeah I mean there's there's some polish to these guys and. That's important again because you know we, the the hard part to compare in the NFL draft and the, and the and the MLB draft is just how far away these guys truly are from contributing. Sure, but if you feel like you've got a level of maturity, a level of worldliness, that does make it a little bit easier to start to uh, handle the day to day transition from amateur baseball to professional baseball. The expectations, the routine, all of that stuff that goes along with it. So, um, I, I, you know, on I, I, in terms of Josh Young, there's some questions about, as we mentioned, uh, how good defensively is, depending on your perspective. Um, I think there's some question about his pull power, uh, but in speaking with a number of people, the the thought is this guy's an elite hitter, and the power will come. You can teach. If you've got the strength and you've got the swing, you can teach the power.
1: Uh, well, he's a gap-to-gap hitter, too. I mean, this is a guy who hits a lot of doubles. Correct. And, and to me, that's, that's what you always look for initially. Uh, obviously, everybody likes big power, but you want a guy who has control with that swing, a guy who's going to make contact. If you're hitting doubles – then uh, those eventually, especially the kid, he's already six. What six three two fifteen? Is that what he's listed six at? two two fifteen? Yeah, he's a big boy. You know, he's he's going to have enough uh, size to produce that kind of power. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, and he was projected as a top ten pick, right? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, mean, I, mean, I mean, mean, this is the, this is the kid who's like one of the top three or four at, hitters in the draft That's at what the start said. of the draft. At the yeah.
0: start of the draft season, he was the first mock that I saw um, had him connected to the Rangers at eight. Mm-hmm. I had seen him in the last two weeks as low as twenty. Really, uh, so he's 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 fluctuated. Okay, but again, I I want to say that, and it was you know it was emphasized to me that once you got past six, and I really think seven, because every everything that I saw, and and I think every indication I got from the Rangers was while they had some interest in Ladolo. They did not think Ladolo was going to get past seven uh, at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So um, once you really got to the Rangers, I think the draft became very unpredictable. And the next and plateau, some, yeah, and there was some thought that you know there would be. So he's on that second
2: plateau where there are ten, fifteen players right. starting around eight.
0: Right, okay. where where you know the the sole difference could be now. Okay, if you've got multiple picks and this guy's willing to take a below slot bonus, well then I can use forty one to give a guy. Who might not go at forty-one above slot bonus to get him, um, or I could save that money for my second-round pick or third-round pick and really kind of get depth throughout the draft. If there's no great separators, that's a strategy at this point because you've got these assigned mm-hmm. um, bonus pools, and and so that's that's one thing that the that I think teams had to consider. Um, I, I don't. Uh, it's hard for me to sit here and critique an MLB draft on the day or give grades because these guys are so far out from from producing. But listen, they took guys who have produced in elite conferences at at the college baseball level. Um, They took safer picks in position players. Uh, They broke from what had been the way they had approached first-round picks. This is the first time that Kip Fagg, since he took over as scouting director in 2010, has drafted a college hitter in in the first round. I think they as they all acknowledged that there were, A, some things they needed to do differently, B, that they needed, you know, this is where the strength of the draft was, and they applied that yesterday. And, and I, the only, for me, the only must out of this draft at this point in time is that having drafted – both uh Young as as the as their first pick and Wenzel is their second pick, they better have gotten their third baseman of the future yeah, you, out of you the would draft. Think so. You know, you can't afford you can afford to miss completely on one of those guys. Not if now. one of those guys if the other guy becomes an everyday third baseman can't miss on both of them. Yeah, they I,
2: doubled down on security on this correct. one. We're talking right. about a secure, you know, well, safe they pick. They and, and
0: not only that though, because it's not like you can
1: Because, look Here's the reason why they love athletes. You know, the Rangers' record is that oh, you know, they they love Well, everybody high loves pitchers. athletes. Well, no, no, but the Rangers are really high on athletic guys.
2: But there's some organizations that will say, no, give me the baseball player right. over and, the athletes. And, and
1: I have, I will argue that's the better thing. But here's the re- argument for why you want to do that. Well, he's not a shortstop, but we can play Let's in, in yep. left field. We, he, he's You know, these two guys. We'll put him are, in a position he'll adapt. I think where. these two guys are third basemen. I don't think they're playing anywhere. I know Wenzel said, oh, I can play in the outfield. I can play first. First base. Listen, He's not I, I a big think. Kid.
0: I think when you take a third baseman, you believe that the possibility exists for them to play both corners. Um, I, I think. That, I think it is but always I, that always is a possibility. But 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 they've been drafted as third base. But I'll say this too: they will play third
1: base. Because here is another thing, you know, you, you would you would think that that's a, you know, or at least. Maybe I'm just so old I remember when it wasn't so hard to find a first baseman. Uh, the Rangers seem to have a hard time finding first baseman.
0: Well, they didn't at one point in time. They drafted Mark Teixeira, oh, well, that's what I'm saying Mitch Is that, Moreland. And how long ago Chris was it Davis that and Josh and Justin Smoke from 2001 to 2008. That's
1: but that's that's, that's a, four
0: really good first basemen in a seven year period. None of them playing for them now, and haven't
1: none of them have played for them now for at least three years. Correct. So that that's that's the issue for me. And of course, you know Joey Gallo may end up being a first baseman if he's going to keep getting hurt playing center field. Oh, uh, no, he's gotten hurt one time. One time. One time. Did, who, who's, whose idea was it for him to play center field anyway? You. And yeah, it was me, wasn't it?
0: Oh yeah, nothing could go wrong out there. <laughs> <laughs> Dive. <laughs> Pull a muscle. Here's a question. You you double
2: down on third base. And like you just said, you better get your third baseman of the future out of this draft.
0: That's the only must for me.
2: Okay. Now let's talk about them going up through the minor league system to get there. They're of roughly equal quality, correct? They're not going to play in the – I mean, they're both third basemen. Right. You're not going to bring them up and put them on the same – team and alternate you're going to have them at different levels no but i I think i
0: think it's entirely possible that one guy may start at at spokane which is their advanced um rookie ball level Mm -hmm. and one guy might start at uh at the in the arizona rookie league which is the more usually more towards high school players but the idea would be okay we're both we're getting both you guys full-time at bats at third base and you can do that
2: but but if they're both what they the think they are and where they're drafted
0: a. they're exactly question i mean you're going you it's going a. to
2: come together correct where they both should be on the same stage of development and on the same team and then you're going to have to move one of them to first base
0: absolutely absolutely if 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 at some point in time they get there they get there and look they drafted Mark Teixeira as a third baseman moved him to first base yeah. they drafted Joey Gallo as a third baseman they've moved him multiple places. They drafted Mitch Moreland as an outfielder slash first baseman. They moved him around both both yeah. places. They drafted Chris Davis as a third baseman and moved him to first base. So I, I think it's entirely possible that one of these guys ends up at, at, at first base. But you have doubled down on your third baseman here. And, and, the and the other you've thing, got two yeah. years to kind of like sort through which is the guy.
2: And you have to be very careful and problematic. I mean, you have to be very Focused in your development of these guys because what again? Now, let's bring the Mavericks into the conversation. What did they do for so many years when they didn't have a center? Oh, let's take two centers in this draft, right? And well, whoever the the one that emerges is the one that plays. Well, okay, if there's not much variation between the two, how do you know which one emerges?
0: And well, what is you keep it going you, back and forth? What and, is it that you say in football? If you've got two quarterbacks, what do you have? You have none, right? So, yeah. I I mean, y- and that's you're going to have here. to make a decision on one of these guys.
2: But you have to, but you have to be very disciplined as you go about making that decision. You can't just say this is our third baseman. You're saying we're deciding between these two guys. At what stage of this race are we going to say, okay, this is our third baseman, and this is the guy we're going to move? And then you, I think you kind of have to stick to it. Yes.
0: Yeah. I. I. But I, I think you've got. As Kip, said, as Kip Fag said last night, look, first of all, I mean, his deal is we draft them, we talk with the player development people and give yeah. them scouting reports, and then we turn them over to the player development people. And, and, and they, they decide, the I
2: mean, they have a big voice in how this turns out, obviously. This but,
0: will play out the way it plays out. And, and I mean, I do think that right now. But you now, can't be too loose with it either. No, but I think you've got a little bit of time. I, I do think, if look, if I'm handicapping right now, my guess is that, uh, that Wenzel at some point in time We'll get a look at other positions around the field, probably first base. I don't know that – I look, I think his beard and his hair, he's got a, a ZZ top beard <laughs> and uh, vintage Noah Syndergaard hair. So <laughs> I, I think that no matter how athletic he may be underneath all that, it gives him kind of a Brian Give McCann, um, uh, Evan Gaddis type look. And so that – seems to, to me to indicate he's not going to be terribly mobile and will probably play a corner somewhere or be a hitter, you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't see him getting out of the infield myself. Uh, well, I don't see him getting off of a corner infield. To, oh, yeah, so. yeah.
1: They, they talked about he could play second base. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't see that.
0: Um. Well – that is uh, – I, I think we need to wrap up Rangers right now because – Let's wrap her up. You have to get to Waco. I, I hear I'm up for the Hall of Fame this year. No, that is not true. Oh. Okay. That is not true.
1: But we'll have a few guys on there, and you know maybe I'll throw your name out there and, and see what they throw at me uh, when I <laughs> do that. Uh, so we'll see. Well,
0: I, the the people, the other people on the Hall of Fame committee, I hear, are very reputable. Other than you, <laughs> there's a lot of them. There are a lot of us on there. I know that. Well, they're us.
1: all reputable, and then there's you. I don't know. You couldn't find that many reputable sports writers in Texas.
0: My mother-in-law was kind of pissed off at my stepson one day, and uh, so we all went out to dinner. Are we going to talk about this on the air? Yeah, I'm going to talk about this because uh, there's the, they're on the, the, the old stepson under the bus. Then Attaboy. there's you. Then there's you <laughs> line. And so, you know, Nick was it was a, he was going through a phase, and Natalie was out to dinner with us too. And um, my mother in law said to Natalie, "Oh my God, you're such an angel, such an angel." And then she looked at Nick and said, "And then there's you." <laughs> <laughs> Not playing any favorites
1: there, huh?
0: Not that night. Oh boy, things That's nice. things have things have gotten much uh, have, have changed. Over the years in our in our household, but that <laughs> that night, I think that was a night like maybe he uh, got eliminated in a in, in a regional cross country meet or something like that. It wasn't a great night for Nick. And wow, <laughs> just pile, pile on, on, on there. there. Wow, you. that's nice.
1: All right, that's going to do it for our Rangers podcast for today. We've also we're also going to have a Cowboys podcast this week. There's always something to talk about with the Cowboys. Talk about uh, the Rangers draft. We could, yeah, we talk about the Rangers draft in the Cowboys podcast. So, for everybody in here, to everybody
0: out there, thanks, and we'll see you.
2: Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast.
0: Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter
1: too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast.
2: Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.